Hello everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit Get Fit. This is the main show where we cover hot topics and listener requests. This week we are joined by a very special guest. We are joined by Colleen Drummond who currently holds two world records in her category on the ski erg. If you've ever been on one of these things, you know how horrendous they can be. This is probably one of my favourites to record. It was just fantastic against chat to her in this format, a true inspiration in showing what the human body and mind is capable of. She's not done yet, however. Oh no. As on the 12th and the 13th of December, she's attempts to break three more world records. We really hope you enjoy this one. Make sure to check out the show notes after as all the details on all of these records and how you can show your support will be listed down there. So let's get into today's episode. Hello, boys. Welcome back. That is so sexist. <laughs> <laughs> Straight into Oh, my it. God. Right. Why is it sexist, Andy? We have a fe- female. Would you like to be a female? I don't know. 2020 what? is a difficult year. <laughs> she could technically oh, be a... Oh, just say it how it is. Good You could. Grief. You could technically be a toaster if you want these days. I just don't know. <laughs> but we have a female guest. We do have a female guest. We have got Colleen Drummond with us this week. So... I'll quickly introduce her because she's a very, very special guest. She actually holds a couple of world records, to to say the least. But Colleen is a is a fan of the show. Is that is that am I right in saying that? Very Did much. Cast so. herself as a fan. Very much so. Yeah. It's good to good to hear. Colleen is, is one of us. Is part of the the fitness industry. She's level three PT. She's also a police officer. So obviously it's quite aligned with what we do. Is all, all part of the military. She's a police officer. It's quite quite heavily linked, which is nice to see. But the most important reason that we've got her on the podcast today is that she's an absolute ninja on the skier. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Evening, fellas. Hey. <laughs> how are you? How are you, Colleen? I'm marvellous as always. Right. I'm surprised you're not on the ski erg already. Yeah. I'll be. I'll be honest with you. Uh, well, I didn't really want to be a sweaty mess. I'd like to be able to talk to you rather than just do nasal breathing work. Um, I did ten hours yesterday, so I'm up to date. With Shut the today. front door. <laughs> ten. I mean, that's just outrageous, that... isn't it? I mean, oh. Wait till I say what our records are. So I'll say what our records. So correct, correct me if I'm wrong, Clean. This is just me going on the, the skier actual record site. So at the moment, you currently hold two world records in the female forty to forty nine category. You have the the longest continuous ski of seventeen hours. Is that correct? Yes. Is that still? Yeah. And you also have the is it the quickest one hundred thousand meters? Yes. Is that right? And that was in a time of eight hours fifty seven minutes and forty four seconds. Um, yes, so that's if, disgusting. If you've ever been on a ski, if you've ever been on a ski, do you know those numbers? They sound outrageous. I mean, I'm on a ski for a, a minute on, minute off, times five, and I want to, I want to go to bed for about a week. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, even for those people who like don't even know what a ski is, I mean, just 17 hours of any like sustained activity that is, <laughs> yeah. that is absolutely <laughs> insane. That is insane. Yeah, well, I suppose it's a world record, isn't hours. it? Put it this way. <laughs> People would sleep for that amount of time and wake up tired. Think about how much how much energy you're doing. Like, you know, oh my yeah. god. Honestly, I'm itching inside. Guys, guys, it doesn't stop there though. It doesn't stop there. The reason we've got the reason we've got clean on today is because in very shortly, so we're looking at is it the twelfth and the thirteenth of December, clean, is it? For your yes. your new yeah, for, for a new world record attempt. So you want to exceed hundred and ninety one thousand meters in twenty four hours, don't you? Is that is that correct? Yes it is, yeah. And and you're you're also going is it to beat your own record as well of continuous ski? So if you do that for the full, if you do it continuous, it will beat your own record. 
Yeah, so, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going to be doing um, the two side by side uh, consecutively. So it's the maximum meters in 24 hours. And then at the same time, doing it uh, within the rules of a continuous ski. So um, for each category, there's different rules. So anything up to a half marathon, um, the flywheel is not allowed to stop. <clears throat> so oh, it has okay. to be continuous the whole time. Um, unbeknown to me, when I did the 100,000 meters, I hadn't checked the rules properly. And it turned out that I was allowed to take breaks. But mm -hmm. being being um, silly, <laughs> I didn't check the rules. And um, so I thought that the flywheel wasn't allowed to stop. So I did do it continuously. Spent, spent nearly stopping. nine hours. Continuously mm, nine yeah. hours without stopping. <laughs> That's what? <laughs> and then uh, so I trained myself um, how to fuel myself um, and hydrate myself to the point that I had enough in my system to complete the Keep task going, yeah. without actually needing to go to the toilet. <laughs> nine hours. Nine it? hours. There's nothing that there is nothing I can do that's nine hours long. So simple. <laughs> in in regards to when you was doing this, do do you have someone monitoring you or? Uh, I do. Um, <clears throat> with the one hundred thousand uh, meters, um, when you go onto the monitors, you actually can program it in, and then what will happen is at the end you get a code and you send that code off to Concept2, they then put it in their computer system and they can check and verify that the flywheel didn't stop um, going by your meters and your time and things like that, and they Very can verify that. Yeah. yeah, and also I always make sure that I do it in some form of public environment whenever I do a record. I've got so I've got two current at the moment, but I've had about eight or nine um, before that um, on the shorter distances, Um and I always made sure I did it in a public place and that, that it was in some way recorded so that if there was any scrutiny, I could, you know, hold my hands up and say, here's the evidence. Um, <laughs> the police officer and me coming out. Yeah, so you've got um, world records coming out your arse then, basically. So I would just like to add, are you sponsored by Concept2? No. Screw the fucking nut, Concept2. If you're listening, <laughs> okay, <laughs> send us some gear because it ain't fair. <laughs> Yeah, not clearly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Send us, send us again. Yeah, fuck it up. I, I, I would like a concept two. <laughs> yeah. I, I would also like a concept two. Bill, would you like a concept two? <laughs> I would, yeah. You're right. I, would. I mean, they're not cheap, are they? So. They're not cheap at all, no. I have the um, I have the rower and the skier, but I, I don't have the bike because I have an aerosol bike instead. So When lockdown happened, I actually went onto eBay to look for a skier and... Um, like I'd never even used one before because the first time I've ever actually come into contact one is in the commercial gym I'm working at the moment and I didn't start working there until well, I think it was August and obviously we was in lockdown before then so I'd never actually been on one but I went onto eBay to get one anyway thinking oh Joe what it's going to be like you know 300, 400 quid maybe like a cheap treadmill and I went on there and I saw the price of it and it was some. it was in the, like bear in mind it's like a second hand one and it's in the price range of like 900 quid so there's yeah. me thinking, oh, mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. But then when I read the small print, that's just a standing unit. That doesn't include the platform mm -hmm. either. Yeah. Christ, these are some expensive bits of gear, but it's because they are, they are bloody they good. They are. Before we move on, Colleen, I just want to mention that you are doing this record for a charity. Is That is right, isn't it? Is it the Basingstoke Food Bank, is it? Yes, it is. Um, whenever I do um, any charity uh, or any big event, <clears throat> um, I've always do it for charity because... It gives me um, an external pressure 
a, a good pressure to make sure that I complete the task and do it justice. Um, that's not to say that there isn't some day that I won't fail, but it won't be through lack of trying to yeah, get it yeah, it's right. A bit of extra motivation, um, so. is it? We'll definitely have that in the. Um, I'll link that in the show notes if any of the listeners want to yeah. want to get stuck oh, in. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Clean. I promise. Once I get paid, I will donate. But at the moment, I have got about four pound <laughs> fifty in my bank account. Yeah, I'm the so. same. <laughs> so has everybody. So my- I've been quite conscious. November has cleared me out at the moment. <laughs> I've been quite conscious this year to um, make the um, goal, which is the £500, to be a lot smaller than what I would normally ask for because I know that absolutely everybody's struggling. So, you know, and I've also used a platform that you only you can just donate £1. Yeah, oh, that's nice. That, that makes it easier. So people, sorry about my uh, uh, interrupting yeah. daughter there. That's sorry fine. about that. She uh, she wants trolls <laughs> on, right. and she's telling me about her shaking her bumby, which is she's going to shake her bum. <laughs> Andy, sorry. get her on a skier and then leave her to it. Yeah, get her on there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <That's> it. <laughs> sorry, I was listening though. It, it, do you know? It, honestly, it's 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 crazy. Uh, like, I look at these numbers, and I want to turn around and say they're not real. Um, first <laughs> off, because that is a it's a ridiculous effort so i i know we uh, we like i said i got do you know what bill carry on because i'm like all like yeah, you're, you're about to you're, you're all back I, my head's, my head's gone got... yeah my head's gone shall i yeah. start um how about i start from how it all happened and that would give yeah. you an idea yeah, yeah. how so, it came about got, okay. yeah 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 <clears throat> go for it okay so uh in 2013 i applied to do the 2014 London Marathon, <clears throat> excuse me, to raise money for um, a charity of a friend of my stepson, Owen, who has um, cerebral palsy. Um, there is no charity associated with Owen's disorder because there's so few people in the world with it. So therefore, no pharmaceutical company will take it on because there's not enough bang for their buck. <clears throat> so I thought, well, Cerebral palsy, uh, it is a genetic disorder as well, so um, let's do it for him. Um, <clears throat> when it came through that I'd I'd got a place, I was kind of jumping around the lounge. I was really happy, and Owens, I could I liken Owen to a little Yoda. He's very very thoughtful, and he's quite old in his thoughts. And he's sort of matter of factly asked me, you know, why are you so happy? I said, well, I'm going to do the London Marathon for Elfie to raise money for his play centre. <clears throat> he sort of thought about this for a second and he said, well, yeah, but Alfie's my friend. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I said, yeah. And he said, well, that means that I have to do the marathon with you. Oh, and I literally <laughs> stopped in my tracks and I'm like, right. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, how do I do this? And I had to think about it and I almost got angry because I thought, actually, he's got the right to do a marathon, whether he's disabled or not. So I need to find a way to make this happen. So along came the big quest to find any marathon that would let us, well, let me push Owen in some form of buggy or wheelchair to raise money for Alfie. And it was health and safety, this and rules and regulations this all the way through the country i tried three times with the london marathon yeah a lot of red tape and some of it understandable but for every obstacle they gave me i gave them a solution one of them was you'll use up too much space on the course so i said well how about i wait at the start line everyone go over the start line and then i wait 10 minutes 
Yeah, so I give a 10-minute buffer zone for the slowest runner. And then I go off. Oh, you're getting people's way. And I said, I'll tell you what, I'll make my marathon longer. I will stick to one side of the course because the 26.2 miles can be longer and shorter depending on the curves that you take, a bit like a racetrack. Yeah. Yeah. So I said, I'll do that. And I also took out a massive £10 million insurance policy in case I whacked anyone's ankle with the front wheel of the buggy. All that, everything that they they tried. And then they said, oh, um, no we still don't want you in there it's it's not feasible blah 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 <clears throat> so I got a little bit despondent in the meantime on the 7th of November that year I had a bit of a catastrophe at work um, uh, severely injured uh, my left shoulder I fractured my scapula tore my rotator cuff and dislocated it um, going over a wall chasing a burglar um, my dog got good effort though fine, but, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> um, like, like the commitment yeah. Yeah, um, and um, yeah, it was obviously quite badly damaged. And uh, not only was I told I'd probably never do police work again, but I was definitely told I wouldn't be repaired enough for running the London Marathon. So the charity, bless their hearts, allowed me to delay for 12 months so what I could repair. I carried on trying to get uh, Owen into any marathon possible. It wasn't working. I um, went to pick up the bib for the London Marathon. And while I was there, there's all the different stands um, at the centre. And some lady came running over from a stand and she was from Portugal. And she's like, oh, <clears throat> you ever thought about doing a, a marathon in Portugal? I said, oh, no, no, not at all type thing, you know. Um, at that time, Owen was quite famous in Portugal. Um, and uh, I'd just finished a night shift and my husband, knowing um, my weakness for doing things for charity on the way home, knowing full well I was exhausted from night shift, said, look, Owen's really popular in Portugal. Why didn't you ask them if you can push him in the Lisbon Marathon? And I was like, well, I'm not doing it unless they say yes, thinking they'll never say yes. So I got home, I wrote an email to her from her card, <laughs> and 10 minutes later she replied, she goes, yeah, no problem. And I'm like, oh, crap. Well. Right. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> This is not meant oh, how no. go. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, we have no buggy. I haven't any idea how to run with our arms. I certainly don't know how I'm going to push 40 pounds of child and probably 40 pounds of buggy on the third hilliest course in the world. Yeah, like <laughs> What it. do I do? Yeah. So um, someone said to me, oh, you need to go and get a personal trainer. And I'm like, what's that? <laughs> and they said, you need to go to a gym <laughs> and get a personal trainer because I've never belonged to a gym before. So... One down the road, I walked down there, walked in, and the guy at the desk said, uh, uh, can I help you? And I'm like, uh, apparently I need a personal trainer, but I don't know where to find one. And he said, actually, there's two about to walk in the door, and they're both looking for clients. I went, okay. So the first one walked in, and I got what I call, it's like, like a kiwi tingle. And it was a no, straight away. Yeah. Or, or something. A I wasn't sure. kiwi tingle. A kiwi it's, tingle. That's the like kiwi tingle. Senses. I don't know. That sounded like an Ibiza <laughs> it's like like a kiwi... cocktail, that yeah. did, didn't it? Oh, do you want a kiwi tingle? <laughs> yeah. yeah kiwi... Or like a kiwi quiver. You know, I was like, no, that's not the one. Is that an Australian thing, Colleen, is it? Oh, very funny. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and, um... We're in. And We're then, in, boys. Um... We're in. <laughs> We're in, yeah. Let the games begin. Uh, and then... The next lad walked in and I just, I knew straight away that's the person to train me. There was just something about him. I thought, yeah, that's definitely the person to train me. So the poor kid didn't know what hit him because 
they said, oh, this person needs a PT. And I've walked in there and I've literally barked at him like a dog. I'm like, right, this is what I need you for. This is the time frame. I'm not here to waste time. I need a proper program. I don't want any messing around. I, You know, when I'm with you, I'm paying you. I want your full and undivided attention. I don't want you going off talking with other people or on your mobile phone. This is serious. My little boy wants to do a marathon. And poor bloke just about fell off his chair. He's like, oh, okay. I would have. I would have um, well. Yeah, and uh, because I had a set mission and it was because it was Owen, it was so important that I got it right. So, so um, that's when I first got introduced to the ski erg uh, to try and help strengthen my shoulder um, so that I could push the wheelchair effectively. Um, And bless my trainer and I, we didn't have a Scooby Doo how to use it, we just whacked it up on damper 10 and Hulk smashed the crap out of it like everybody else did yeah. um, because we didn't really know any different. But was no you um, was you like the rest of us, Colleen, where once you went on it, you just fell in love with it straight away or did it take a while to warm to it? Uh, who lo- who fell it? Whoever fell it? <laughs> who loves the ski? Yeah. What are you talking about, Tom? Who <laughs> falls and loves it? the ski eggs? What are you on about? Me! The one, and only, <laughs> the one and only time that you came to my gym, you took me onto that thing and it was like love at first sight. Love at first sight. You nearly passed out, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> it was an abusive relationship. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> so that's how I got introduced to it. Um, and uh, so I, I trained for the marathon and then um, I didn't really know that there was such a thing as a marathon blues, but I kind of got that afterwards because there'd been a great big load of hype and then the actual event was utterly incredible. The people were so supportive yeah. and... You know, they had a special ribbon for Owen, which we didn't know about. So when he went through on the wheelchair, um, he got to cut his own ribbon at wheelchair height and then all the world press were there and he's got these That's big amazing. fluffy microphones and they, they just said to him, how do you feel, Owen? How do you feel? And he just looked up so matter-of-factly and went, like a real athlete. And that's all oh. he had to say on the matter. It was awesome. It was the proudest moment of my life. So wow, I was like, incredible. there's me Yoda. That's uh, so then... Yeah. Yeah, and then, there's a picture um, on your Instagram, isn't there? Is it that picture of you yeah. going over the line? Is it? Actually, that's a really good yeah. I was really there. shocked. I was a bit shocked we got to the end. Yeah, and uh, so that was nice. And then I didn't go to the gym for a year. And this is now as a PT, I understand why that happened. Um, but I didn't really have any goals. I didn't quite know what I was doing. Um, I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what my why was. Uh, and then about a year later, I thought, you know, damn it, I've still been paying my subscription and I'm starting to whack the weight on again. I need to do something about it. So I've walked in the gym and, and my PT just happened to be there that day. And he came bouncing over like it was the most normal thing in the world. Oh, hi, how are you doing? What are you doing? And I said, I haven't got a clue. And without even taking your breath, he went, weightlifting. I went, excuse me? He said, weightlifting. <laughs> it's all I've ever wanted to do. I gave you your goal, but all I've ever wanted to do with you is weightlift you. You've got the right frame, lever, full works, weightlifting. And I went, oh, no, did the typical, I don't want to get big and bulky, you know. Yeah, yeah. And he said, look, just give me your body for six weeks, five days a week for six weeks. If you don't like the result, because he knew what my work ethic was like, so he yeah. knew I'd do five days a week. <clears throat> Uh, then we will do, we will find what you want. And I went, oh, okay, then never look back. Nice. Uh, then I was fortunate enough to meet a lady who had made it her mission through a failure at a competition on the ski erg to learn how the ski erg worked and then worked with biomechanics and um, sports scientists to work out 
a way that it could be used in a GPP environment because originally it was created for the Nordic ski world to train off-season. It was actually created by the Concept2 family for their children to practice off-season. It was never intended to go into commercial gyms, but it's thankfully bled its way in there. But it was only designed in 2009, so it's so new and so misunderstood, and as a result, it's abused, and the, the potential for injury is awful. Yeah, I've seen some. I've seen some. I've seen some wild. What I thought, I, I, I feel like I'm okay on one. I don't like. Yeah, I, I don't feel like I'm too damaged. At the first, I was. Yeah, but I can walk a <laughs> bit now. But you see some wild, <laughs> wild fall. swings, don't you? Like. Yeah, you see a lot of, um, ba- yeah, a lot of um, quite dodgy posture and windmilling um, left, right, ways of, Yeah, um, doing the butterfly stroke, which yeah. is, you know, it looks great if you're jacked and shirtless and want a nice photo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that my way is the correct way, but the way that I was taught um, works in line with the body and can be a full body movement workout and the other thing I like about it is very adaptive so I've actually come across someone who wants to COVID depending um, attend my ski world event with me next to me and he's in a wheelchair and he loves oh, ski snap. yeah so if I've had um, people who have had uh, upper body injuries and because for me the main drive is through the legs not the arms the arms just float in the method that I use you can use it to train people um, lower leg strength and um, cardiovascular fitness and, and metabolic training. Um, and then if they have a lower leg injury, you can have them seated and do just upper body. So I like the fact it's very adaptive like that. I'm glad you said that about the legs because I always thought I was doing it wrong because when I come off, my legs are in shit state. Like, I'm probably like wobbling. I'm like, oh my God. I, I like sort of just get the handles and I just sort of fall to the floor and I hope, like, I hope yeah. that's right. That's what I do. That's the best way of doing it, isn't it? Using your legs because the massive muscles compared to little arms, isn't it? So I suppose it makes makes sense to use the legs. Um. In regards to the usage of the skier, um, first of all, how do you actually pronounce it? Because I I've had someone say skier, I've heard another person say skier, or does it just really not matter? (laughs) I don't think it particularly matters. I want to go for skier. It's like tomato, tomato, but uh, tomato. But yeah, I mean. um... No, one thing I was going to ask was, if, from your point of view, as a ski urge connoisseur, so to speak, um, what are your biggest pet peeves when you see people using the ski urge? Is there anything particular you see and you think it, it, it sets off your kiwi senses, your kiwi tingle? My kiwi tingle? Um, I think, I'm not sure if I call it a peeve, but it worries me that... Um, so, when you assault someone they usually don't respond well to you. And I see people effectively assaulting the machine and then wondering why it's not working well with them. That's kind of my pet peeve because the potential is for you to do really, really well on your workout and have an excellent workout and come off feeling better and uninjured, not sore. Um, Things like um, the way that they flick the handles. If you look on your commercial gym skier, you'll see just above the handle the rope's usually quite badly frayed because people have twisted it so badly that eventually it will snap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. then if they drive down too hard and literally hit the bottom of the cable, it will sometimes unravel the inside of the cable because they've whacked it down so hard that eventually it comes off one of the loops inside and therefore no one can use it. So um, I don't think I have any pet 
peeves as such, but I just think if you assault a machine, it's going to break. Just like if you assault your own body, it will break. Yeah, so of course it will, yeah. the whole idea is to work. What's the same with anything? When you're deadlifting or bench pressing, you try and work with the barbell to go in the right plane of motion using the right muscles in the right order to achieve your goal. And it's exactly the same with the ski erg, I think. Mm. Pretty complex machine if you think about it, isn't it? It's not as simple as uh, people I have assaulted a treadmill before. You've done what? I have assaulted a treadmill before. <laughs> like, I'm worried no, no, that like... it might be sexually. <laughs> Go no, on. No. Um, <laughs> oh, do, do you know what? Um, I, oh, I might get a sack for this, but I was at work and um, it wasn't working. <laughs> so I just kept on slapping and backhanding the, the monitor. You know, on the, it's one of those matrix treadmills. So I kept on giving it a couple of slaps and it just weren't responding. Uh, and then when I checked, um, it weren't plugged in at the wall. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> But that's, a, that's a real thing, you know, when you smack something and it starts working, and I'm talking about like a yeah. piece of machinery, not like a child or anything, but like a, yeah. that's Fuck a real sake, thing. Tom. It's called percussive Fuck maintenance. Sake. If you Google percussive <laughs> maintenance, it's when you whack something and it starts working. I mean, not that I'm Give trying to... Give it a kick and the washing machine will go. Not that I'm trying to, you know, incriminate you, Colleen, but you know, at work, if something's not working, you might give it a slap, uh, you know... Uh, if people have tuned in thinking we're going to have a serious conversation with a world record holder, you are gravely mistaken. Like, <laughs> yeah, like the uh, police car, but Tom, police vehicle. Are you saying that at work she abuses all these innocent and guilty men and women? Well, I was thinking like slapping the police car if it doesn't like start on the first time or kicking a tyre, but you know. If... Oh, I thought you were saying like, did you do that crime? No, I didn't. <laughs> Bam! Did you do that crime? <laughs> Bam! <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to... Um... No, we're not in the 70s anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you did do it in the 70s. Is that what you're trying to do? So you did do it. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not going to promote that. However, I think it would be effective. Yeah, I think it would as well. What did you call it? Um, <laughs> Percussive maintenance. Percussive maintenance. Could you could you imagine that like, at court? What happened to this guy's face? Well, we had to do some <laughs> percussive maintenance <laughs> and we found out that he did it. <laughs> Gosh, we're getting some questions then. Which was worse? The 17 hours or the 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 100, 100,000? 100,000 yeah, 100, um, metres. 100,000 metres. I was looking at that. I didn't even, like the minutes, like the numbers was like crazy. I was like, is that? Huh? That's a lot to count, so which, isn't it? It is, yeah. So which was worse? Which like, oh, like initially, which was worse? And like afterwards, if you know, like a couple of days into it, so I know yeah. I know they're two different things, but which you, which was the worst, like the suckiest, for like afterwards as well. Um, probably the seventeen hours, but not from a fitness point of view. It was the weather was so warm, um, so hydrating myself actually became really difficult um, to try and keep up with it all, and I had to have. Um, because it was so hot my appetite was reduced so it made that that little bit harder because if I tried eating anything um, too heavy I was using excess energy to try and digest the food Um, and I was full from drinking so much as well but I knew deep down that I didn't have enough calories in um, and trying to keep um, the cramps at bay um, from lack of salt because uh, in the drinks um, I was putting stuff in to try and help you know revitalize um my fluids and and my and yeah my vitamins and minerals and and but salt is still quite hard to keep on top of so and I didn't want to eat anything salty so from that aspect 
um, the 17K, uh, the 17 hours was probably just that little bit longer uh, and tougher to, to go through. How far did you do in the 17 hours? Uh, it was 152,040 metres. Jesus Christ. Oh, it's a good job you can't <laughs> see my face because I've just... Uh, That's outrageous. That's <laughs> Uh, but the good thing about this one is that I read the rules. So <laughs> on the rules for the continuous ski, you're actually allowed to um, take a 10-minute break every hour, which has been an absolute game changer for something as simple as going to the toilet. Because if you can't go to the toilet, you're obviously holding on to the excess that your body's trying to get rid of and yeah. it can make for, for being quite uncomfortable. Um, so it's almost like... So when I did the 100K, I didn't feel like I needed to go to the toilet because in my head I told my body not allowed to, so it didn't want to. But this time I'm sort of, the body's like, oh, it's fine because I'm going to get a break. Um, but those, the monitor, the way it's set up is interesting because it doesn't give you 10 minutes. You can only plug in 9 minutes 55. But if you're losing five seconds every hour, after quite a few hours it adds up. Yeah. Um, but when I sent my document through to um, concept two and explained to them that I couldn't you know put in the 10 minutes um, they knew because I'd televised it live on my Instagram that I had done the full 17 hours so they allowed me to have the 17 hour record but this time around just to make sure I've actually been training for 50 minutes and five seconds and a 9.55 rest just so it's the complete hour so I'm actually doing five seconds more every round at the moment Another another thing I have to ask, and this is in regards to be fair, it can go to it can go for either one of your records, but particularly the seventeen hour one stands out for me, and that is what the hell was going through your head during those seventeen hours? <laughs> it must have felt like I mean I, I I know prisoner of wars have it bad of what goes through their head during long durations, but I mean seventeen hours on a ski erg is pretty much torture, ain't it? What was going through your head, Colleen? Uh, right, so for me, because uh, similar to your job, um, it's it's very um, tactile. It's very moving, very fluid. You have to think on your feet a lot. Uh, it's quite noisy. Um, even the silence is noisy if you're doing observation posts and things like that. Um, and you're dealing with people who are in conflict. So you're going to someone's place because they're having a trauma, not because I've invited you around for a cup of tea. So it gets a little bit exhausting after a while. So for me, the ski erg, especially, and this is why I have a platform, I bought the platform, is I can literally, as bizarre as it sounds, step off the world. And when I get on the ski erg, it's like everything else fades out and it's just me sure. and the machine working together away. as a team and I literally will I'll have music playing in the background sometimes I'll sing to myself just to make sure that my breathing and heart rate aren't too high for the endurance side of things because I like to be between 50 and 75 percent of my maximum heart rate and the easiest way for me to test that without twisting my arm to look at my watch is can I sing two or three lines at a time so I'll do that and also I listen to the machine and if there's any sound that isn't the flywheel, then there's something wrong with my stroke or my body shape. So I need to change it. So it's like I'm just focused. All I've got to focus on is that one thing. And the sound is almost like a breathing sound as well, the flywheel. And it's very meditative. So I, I literally get on there to leave the world and it's fabulous. And then um, on the 17 hours, I had some of my 
um, PT clients came and they um, I had the rower set up outside so they would come along and just row for an hour with me or two of them were on their way to do a, a, a late shift so they came in and said hi. So when people come I'll, I'll, I'll kind of come out of that meditative state and interact with them um, and also it just kind of gives them um, an example of what's possible. Yeah, so you had that awesome. social support yeah. as well then as who? Yeah, and it, although it's an individual sport, it's very much a team effort. So they'll come along, they'll do the, I'll have everything set up the day before. I have all my drinks and my protein drinks and all my food prepped. And then they'll come and go and they'll just say, what do you need for your next feeding? And they'll bring it in. And then I can, and then I've got these big ice packs that are actually from the food company that I use. And they're great because they're big squares with big ridges in them. So I can lie down and shove my elbows in them. Um, and then one of them grabbed the theragun. She said, oh, your leg looks a bit tight. So she theraguns my leg and it's all, it's lovely. So, oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. It's good you've got a support network around you. It is, it is yeah, good. absolutely. So how, how do you prepare for these, these records then in terms of training and diet? What, so talk, talk us through it from like literally your daily training to sort of how your diet looks initially and then as you get closer does your diet change and yeah so um on a normal day um my diet if i'm just doing um say accessory work or um uh, very basic like lifts or mobility or something like that then my my diet tends to be i don't like the word diet because it means dare i eat this as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. but my kind of lifestyle my food lifestyle is i'm very much um high protein because I, i'm always using my muscles um medium fat, low carb. That's what my body relies on and works well best with. If I'm going to be doing heavy lifting, I do all the compound lifts, um, powerlifting, back squat, bench press, um, and deadlift every week. Then I will carb loads just before those. Um, and then if I'm doing any endurance work, then it will switch to um, an even of protein and carb and lower fat for the day. Um so because the muscles are constantly being used, they need as much potential as possible to repair from the protein. Um, and then the carb, what I try and do is have something very natural, like uh, a, a small piece of fruit an hour. So rather than being big high peaks and troughs of the carbohydrate, because that did happen a couple of times on the 100K where I got it slightly wrong, um, it's more of a, a very gentle wave. So on hour one, I might have, say, and I tend to eat what's in season, I'll have a fig. Uh, Hour two, I'll have a small tangerine. Hour three, I'll have half an apple. Um, I'll have my protein every two to three hours. Uh, And then occasionally um, I'll have something quite fatty, um, like a yogurt or halloumi cheese or something like that. So I do invest a lot of money in food because I think the only way to get through this effectively uh, and not come out internally damaged as well as externally damaged um, is to have a really high quality food. So I'll forfeit a lot of things. Like say, for example, I'm not your typical girl. I, I think the last time I went clothes shopping was maybe two or three years ago. Um, I'd rather spend the money on on my body than what's over you, it. You need to, Because I just you? spend you my be, life. You must be burning so many calories doing like when you're training for these events. Like, I am, many... yeah. Um, when I did the 100K, um, despite the fact I ate quite well during it, I lost half a stone in nine hours. Um, Fucking hell. So, <laughs> yeah. so it's about just under a, oh, yeah, just under a pound an hour. Um, this time I, I can't afford for that to happen because uh, although I've advertised that I'm doing 24 hours, um, you guys got to be let into the little secret. Um 
I'm actually aiming for 36 hours. Um, yeah so the 24 hours is going to be a set pace of 245 around about per 500 meters uh with a stroke rate of around 20 to 23 uh, oh. so it's about 9,000 meters i can't even hour. i can't even sit on my ass for that um, long. <laughs> and then after that the rules are as long as the flywheel doesn't stop you are in a continuous ski. So um, I tried it the other day just to see how many strokes I could get away with a minute. And albeit it's painfully, painfully slow, I think I can do about 10 strokes a minute if I just give it a good drive, stand up and rest for 15 seconds or 20 seconds, then away we go again. Um, So the longest continuous ski ever is held by a man in France and it's 34 hours 41. So I thought, well, yeah. let's just round it up to 36 and see how we get on. Wow. So that's the plan. So you're going for oh, three yeah. records, basically. That would be me doing yeah, 34.1. That, that, there'd, there'd be no room for, oh, I'm just going to push it an extra couple of hours. I literally would be like, one second, I'm done. <laughs> there you go. Wrapped. <laughs> yeah. So what oh. you can do is uh, go for the rules. I mean, if, obviously one of the rules is the flywheel cannot stop. Am I correct? Radio. That's for the, that's, yeah, for 50 minutes. So what, you what can you have a 10 minute break each hour. Is, is, is if there's anywhere in the small print that says that you uh, you can't like get a big industrial fan and stick it near the flywheel? <laughs> so that gives you that bit of a boost. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll just ring. I, I'm sure Boeing could come up with something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah big jet engine just yeah. makes you scared. <laughs> yeah. How much, um, how much skiing do you do a day, Colleen? How many how many hours of skiing would you say you do per day? I mean, obviously including obviously you've got rest days as well, but on on average. Yeah, so um, I train um, between thirteen and fifteen times a week. Um, so I'll do um, so on my strength days. I'll do uh, say on a Monday I'll do um, back squat. Um, so I'll do my heavy lifting in the morning, or depending on my shifts, what's effectively a morning might be a night shift to other people, and then I'll have a break, <clears throat> and then either after work or before going to work. I'll then do uh, metabolic conditioning of some description that's not as hard and fast as you guys because I've got way more slow twitch muscles than I have fast ones at the moment. So um, I'll do something like, say, for example, um, four rounds of 20-calorie ski, 15 burpees, 20-calorie ski, 15 kettlebell swings at 24 kilos. I'll do four rounds for time or something like that. Um, Then I'll do accessory work um the next day which will be like your dry land swimming and your thoracic openers and your cossack squats and and um kettlebell swings and and um kettlebell windmills and a lot of pal off press and press ups and sit ups and side planks and copenhagen planks and things like that and then i might do uh maybe a half hour ski in the evening and it, and do it as an imam so every three minutes on the minute do 10 burpees or whatever, you know, that sort of thing. Then I'll do a um, chest day and a Metcon. I'll do um, deadlift day and a Metcon. And I'll switch my deadlift. So most of the time I'll do conventional because that's my favourite. But occasionally I'll chuck in some sumo um, just to use different muscles of the legs. Uh, And then um, I'll generally do one endurance ski a week. So a few months ago I worked up I did I, I built up to the 17 so I did uh, first week one hour second week two hours and just built up to 17 hours and I switched all my shifts around and used all my annual leave to be able to do that because uh, I thought if I can get to 17 it's my favorite number 
if I look at 36 hours, say, it's a big number. Um, and it's like telling someone who's going to lose weight, they say, I want to lose, lose 36 kilos. And I'll say to them, I want you to lose one kilo. So what I do is um, I don't think about the 36 hours or the 17 hours. Every time I get on, I think this round is the only round that counts. Small goals. And I'll do that. For, yeah, so, yeah, so I break it down into individual like points. It. And then if I'm starting to feel a bit tired, I'll go, the next stroke you do is the most important stroke of this round. And it's the brain's a wonderful thing because you can manipulate it if yeah, you course. know how to do it properly. Oh, yeah, cool. Um, like and mental your goals, body aren't they? More than go, goals, really. Yeah, that you, and yes, it's a physical feat, but it's much more a mental feat because I don't think we are all truly... Um, I don't think we all truly know what we're we're really Fully really capable, capable of. of. Yeah, 100%. yeah. Your mind will do it, or your mind will don't. You know, it's like you will do yeah. what you you will or won't do. You know, if you say you won't do it, you won't do it. If you say you will, you will. Exactly. Do it. It's, it's, it's mental, like mental resilience, is a massive thing, and it's massively underrated. And the army, it I is, feel, the army is, so. is very lucky to to build on mental resilience where. Mm. subconsciously they don't even know they're doing it so like we'll have uh, PTIs telling them what to do and because there's like a rank structure and there's management there like even the youngest guy he can't say no he even if he's tired he can't get away with not doing it because there's always yeah. someone there saying you have to do it you have to do it and you don't know it but you're building that mental resilience in the civilian exactly. world they don't have that that's what your PT's for that's, that's having good people around you pushing you so to have that and know that you know what you're doing is, is is like a massive like game changer, and that in my eyes that turns from like the the intermediate athlete to that professional level. That's where where you can you can internally tell yourself one step at a time, one foot forward. Let's just keep going. They're they're what I look at as a pro athlete, and yeah, and that's what you are in my eyes. Oh bless! I don't feel like I am. I'm just a girl who likes to ski. So well, it's, um, that is you, disgusting. You, what you can you've do. You've got two world just... records in a ski. That's, uh, I mean, it's not to say. yeah, there's lots of there's a lot of people in the ski world who um, I can who I look up to who do much shorter, much faster distances, and to them, they are way up there in my eyes as well. I think everyone um, has validity in it, and the thing I like about it also is for me having that resilience. We used to have that you know, way so many years ago, like like the place where Tom went to, you know, in his spaceship and things, that we were much <laughs> better people back then. We had a lot better <laughs> resilience in those days, you know. Um, we were good at hiding from dinosaurs and all that stuff, you know. So, um, uh, and I think as society has got um, less mobile, our resilience has also dropped a lot. And I think that bleeds into both physical and mental health and, you know, I'm actually grateful to do this podcast with you guys today because I know it's Men's um, Mental Health Day today, so I'm really privileged to be oh, here with you, all three you of you, much. and I'm uh, and I'm I'm so grateful to all three of you for everything you do, oh, um, both military and yourself, Tom, for helping people, you know, get fit and healthy and and realise their potential. I think it's so important. I think a lot of people are lost. And if they really knew what their potential was, there'd be a lot less BS in this world. Yeah. There really yeah. would be. Yeah. People wouldn't have the wall pulled over their eyes because people would be a lot physically and mentally stronger yeah. in themselves and wouldn't yeah. 
take things lying down like they do now. I love that, Kate. I think we just ended the episode there. That was a great finisher. Uh, I'll see you next week, guys. Oh. <laughs> no, joking, of course not. We've got plenty more questions to go. This is going to be a long episode, this. I'll tell you what. Go on, Tom. I tell you, clean, in regards to like compiling everything together, not just in regards to your your, your records, but also like, um, when I say records, not your police records, I mean, you know, your world records, <laughs> but your, rec- your, your records on the ski erg, um, your, your, your personal fitness uh, as a PT as well, and as a police officer, I mean, would you consider yourself as a tactical athlete? I've not considered it, but I can kind of see where you're coming yeah. from. To be fair, um, and I've every right to say this, but the fitness in the police is way below what I would expect it to be. Uh, and the emphasis is put on officers to um, look after their own fitness. Um, and to a point, I can get that. Um, but I think that I've become a better police officer because of the fitness that yeah. I've taken on. Well, you've just answered uh, myself. Uh, I mean, what I was actually trying to lead up to, and you pretty much answered it there, was I was going to ask like uh, how you feel like your, your your fitness regime and your preparations for these world records have actually impacted your job as an officer as well. I mean, you've just kind of answered it there, though. Yeah, I think um, because uh, in my role as a canine officer, um, a, a lot of the work is stamina-based. Um, so, And also, I think... Learning about breathing technique just helps in every occupation. I don't care what it is, you know. I agree with that, you just yeah. need to keep your heart rate down. Yeah, um, and so, and I will always put in that little bit of extra effort. My every police officer has their forte, and mine seems to be missing people. I thought it was just the first dog that I had, but I've had five dogs now, and all of them have been pretty good at finding missing people, and the contributing factor in all of them was that I was there as well. And sometimes that involves going out in pretty awful weather to look for someone who's either gone to commit suicide or yeah. um, has got severe dementia. And um, <laughs> I'm kind of affectionately known as the freak um, by the search team because I seem to have a knack of finding them and I, I get my little my Kiwi quiver to the point that two of the um, heads of the search team, if they know that I'm the officer assigned with the canine, they will physically give me uh, a photograph of the person on paper. Everyone else gets it electronic. Yeah. But they always give me a paper one because I, I don't know, they're just missing people seem to make sense to me. And I, I'm more than happy to go out for eight, 10 hours over pretty awful land looking for them. Um, and that takes a form of endurance as well. So, yeah. Not only as like an officer, but also as like uh, dealing with canine as well. And you are dealing with like quite a powerful animal as well. No doubt, but if, if I mean, do, do you work with like a, a, a single dog or do you work with, I don't really know how it works. Uh, yeah, so it's different to the military. In the military, you um, have multiple handlers for dogs yeah. because they don't like to move the dogs around too much. Whereas um, in a little city world here, um, our dogs um, are assigned to us. You have to license with them and they actually live at home with you because we're on call 24-7. Oh, okay. Um, so if a big job comes out, providing, you know, you've not had a drink the night before, you're not on holiday, um, they can give you a call and say, look, can yeah. you come out uh, and help in this emergency? Um, so my current dog at the moment, um, he's 42 kilos. So you have and to, you have to yeah, be able to... Be able to control him. <laughs> you have to, you know, deadlifting's come in handy. Oh, I bet, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, because uh, you've got to kind of chuck him over fences. To be fair, he's a bit of a hot fuzz. We tend to go through them most of the time, bless his heart. Um, <laughs> love it, love it. But, um, and I bet if he runs off the lead and you've got to go sprinting after him, you know. That, 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 oh, that, yeah, that, that cardiovascular yeah. output does help. 
It it does, yeah. Um, And so uh, my current dog, he's 19 months old, and he's a bit of a survivor. He was the runt of the litter, uh, I found out, and um, they had to bottle feed him from day one just so he would survive. Um, So I quite like that about him because he's already been through a lot. And then a few weeks ago he had to have major surgery on his stomach uh, because there was a problem and he's got through that. Uh, So he's kind of like... He, I think he's my soul dog. He's the one I've been waiting for all my career. He's pretty amazing. Uh, and then I have um, a douchebag Dave, the drugs dog, <laughs> um, who is a. He doesn't get into the evidence, does he? Is that why he's a douchebag? <laughs> he, he's he's just a douchebag. Oh my god, he's such a personality. Um, he beats the crap out of my shepherd. My shepherd is like a domestic violence victim. It's terrible, but um, he's pretty awesome. Um, but he's just he's a thousand miles an hour asleep, but he's brilliant. Yeah. My kind of dog, <laughs> <Today>. that. <laughs> yeah, he's um, yeah, yeah he's right, hilarious. <laughs> Next question I'll ask, Colleen, is probably the most important question of the podcast. Oh, here we go. It's one of Andy's specials. It's basically, do you think that pineapple belongs on pizza or not? Uh, wait a sec. I just like. Oh, uh, wait, 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 wait. Just yeah. like to say, your answer <laughs> will really affect some of the people on this show, and okay. whether this gets edited in favour or not of you all depends on your answer. Uh, so, well, this depends, my answer depends on me coming back after my world records. Yeah. Fully Hartley, fully If it's the wrong answer, it, we're not doing another show. Done. <laughs> don't, don't listen to him, Colleen. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. Say what you Pineapple. want to say. Absolutely belongs on pizza. Right, it's awesome. (laughs) Yes, bullshit. I love it. I love it. Pineapple, jalapeno, and cheese with olives. Fantastic. Do you know what? (laughs) I'm about to trigger Andy here massively because just out of curiosity, I did just Google kiwi pizza, and uh, it is a fin. Yes. And uh, I mean, ah, oh, now look up the kiwi burger. The kiwi so, burger. Colleen, has... I know you can't see because we're having technical issues, but Andy, feast your eyes on a kiwi pizza. <laughs> look at Andy's that? face. What is that? Look at his face. It's brilliant. Sliced kiwi on a pizza. Why? Why would you spoil that? Cultural delicacy. <laughs> your culture, your 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 culture has got it wrong. Stop doing stuff like that. <laughs> It has to, you can't just put a tin on it. You've got to caramelise it first on a barbecue before yeah, you put it. Yeah, of course, You've got to caramelise it first. Yeah, you've got to caramelise Right, all of you, stop picking on me. Pineapple is wrong. No, the kiwi burger has your, sorry, um, Bill, but has a meat patty. It has your tomato, lettuce, pineapple, beetroot and egg. That's the kiwi burger. What the fuck I is just that? like how whenever meat, whenever meat is mentioned, everyone just like under their breath goes. Uh, I know. Uh, sorry, sorry about this, Bill. But it's you know what I mean. Mentioned. It's, meat exists. It's like you think I'm. <laughs> it's like I'm, you think I'm easily offended by by the the sight of meat. You know. So like, I'm offended no, by no, what no, she's no. just said in that fucking burger. <laughs> What's wrong with I'm, that burger, Andy? It's just Cheating. shit. Look! Oh my god! <laughs> Beetroot, pineapple. So the answer to that question then is that pine you, you are a fan of pineapple on pizza then yeah I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess as that providing sure. it's caramelised yeah caramel yeah of course yeah so Andy mm-hmm. um you happy with that mate he's gone Andy's gone Andy. <laughs> even my even my son's offended he's gone to bed he's gone to bed is it? yeah he said how is that possible pineapple's disgusting I hope she does well on her 36 hours but <laughs> that's turned, it There's, just turned trolls that, off and gone up. Yeah, he's, he literally heard it. Pineapple, <laughs> he's like, sod this, Dad, I'm going to bed. That's ruined my night. 
<laughs> hey, but I got your child to bed. Yeah, Did fair you... one. Thank you. Oh, honestly, I wish you all the best. But pineapple on a pizza. I hope you stub your toe. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you pleasant, Andy? <laughs> don't want to. Don't, yeah. don't want to be too rude. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Next question, clean right. So, Andy, go for it. A bit of a weird one. So the seventeen hours, because I don't think I, I, I don't know how to even say this, but the peeing and the pooping schedule. What was that like? Because, like you said, you had ten minutes. I feel like yeah. you couldn't have been like on the ball with it the whole time. It couldn't have been like, oh, I'm in my 10 minutes, got to go. I don't feel that it was <laughs> as easy as that. Am I... um, so I kind of, you can feel your body when it's sort of feeling a little bit heavy. Yeah, yeah. And um, to be fair, I'm using up so many of the calories, if I can be so brash, then I've, I've never actually needed to poop because there hasn't been any excess waste because my body's used it all pretty much. Um but peeing, yeah, I'll probably go maybe every three, four hours for a quick twinkle. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh. Mm. Well, that's Bloody just like that. So, I thought it'd be like, and can you take that 10 minutes whenever you want in the hour or is it like at the end of an hour? You have to do 15 minutes continuous? Yeah, from a mental point of view. So what I do is I'll start on the hour, I'll do the 50 minutes and then um, the rest of, so it feels like I'm not doing a whole hour skiing. I'm having a break every hour. So from a mental point of view, it'll be the 50 minutes on, 10 minutes yeah, off, you rest. 50 minutes on, gotcha. 10 minutes off. And yeah, so I'm resting ready for the next hour. Yeah. Gotcha. Colleen, okay. uh, in terms of these records, obviously you've learned a lot since you first started with the skiing. Is, is there anything you've do, you're doing differently this time? Is there anything you've learned from previous prep that you've, you've changed this time around for these these next records? Yeah, I've um, I've been a, a, a lot stricter on myself in relation to breathing and heart rate um, to make sure that um, I stick to um, pacing because that's so important over the longer period. Because if you get your pacing wrong, as you guys will know, when you're teaching your like your those long are they called yomps? The, yeah, the long tabbing. tabs. Yeah, yeah, top tabs. Yeah, if you get the pacing wrong, then you know people are going to fall by the wayside. But if you can set the correct pace and an achievable pace for the time frame, then everyone can stick to it. So I need to make sure, like especially, I'm quite careful what music I listen to because sometimes you get a little bit um, energized <laughs> by music, and then the stroke rate will yeah. go up a little bit. This um, is too a bit I'm, too heavy rock for me. Oh no. <laughs> 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 yeah, so I have to, and and that also also make sure that you keep your heart rate down as well. Um, so you're not using everything's about conserving as much energy as possible for what's ahead. And I don't just think about getting to the goal; it's the recovery afterwards. If I want to optimize my recovery, I don't want to be going over the finish line, you know, collapsing and being all dramatic and unnecessary. I want to finish with dignity. Um, because mentally that means that my my brain and my body will be in a good place to recover effectively because one of the, the I only have one rule in my gym is you will never ever lie down on the floor because that means you're telling yourself that you're tired yeah um, like it so I don't allow that yeah um, and the only time that yeah. I, <laughs> the only time that I lie down um, is if I'm on my spiky mat um, because it's an acupressure mat between um the sets and I've got and I have to lie down to get my elbows in the ice packs um, but I'm effectively doing something to help repair my body rather than lying down because I'm exhausted there's a purpose to to lying down so 
And then um, I've just concentrated more on um, my calorie intensity to make sure that I'm getting enough because I, I don't have enough body to lose 36 pounds. Um, and the nutrient density as well, making sure I'm getting as many nutrients and vitamins and minerals to, to help, you know, keep the body going, um, pacing, um, and being very mindful in everything that I'm doing. So keeping completely calm, no matter what's going on around me, really just to kind try and stay focused. Would you yeah. smash things like Domino's and McDonald's and that, or you, That's you, what you I stay was away thinking. from that sort of junk food yeah. stuff? Because I'd feel like if you're smashing <laughs> that many calories, you could probably get away with about five large Domino's and still be That's what would keep me going throughout that 17 hours. Yeah. Uh, so it's interesting you bring up McDonald's. I've never had a McDonald's. Oh, I've right. never touched it. Oh, yeah. interesting. Um, Absolute look of yeah, horror I've, on Andy's um... face. <laughs> 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 yeah, I've never had one. I remember when it first came out, I took one look at it and was repulsed. It looked like toxic waste and I've never touched it. You're probably right, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, I'm exactly... Domino, Domino, I, Domino, I feel the exact same as that. Yeah, I'm more of a Burger King person. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> I've had <laughs> I've had one Burger King in my life, never touched it again. Um, and I've, yeah, I'm not... not I don't mind pizza, but I prefer to make my own. Oh right, wow! So I've I've tried a Domino's, but not something I'd really. So what do you buy. do? You have any big meals after your thing? Then do you have like do you treat yourself to like a huge Kiwi dirty burger. meal? We've established this. Okay, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so last night uh, when I finished my ten hours, I'd pre-made um, a really amazing um, couscous dish. Um, that came from a company that actually sent, I, I buy recipe boxes from them. So I don't have to think about buying the ingredients. Like it just gets sent to me with everything there and I just make it up and leave it in the fridge. So it was really rich. Um, so carbohydrate to replenish the glycogen that I'd used. Um, there were beans for the protein, lots and lots of vegetables. And I had um, a really nice uh, avocado mayonnaise whip through it as well and some tuna so, so the answer to that is you don't you don't have a dirty meal then it sounds like you're quite you no, quite I don't have a dirty meal, meal. no because yeah. yeah I think um I remember when I did the 100k um someone had said to me um who's actually um quite um yeah very well known coach so I trusted them implicitly and and it would normally work for most people they said oh you make, make sure you have a chocolate milk when you finish it's brilliant I went oh okay then <laughs> Yeah, that came up pretty quick. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so, amazingly, you'd think you'd be really hungry, but at the end of most endurance, you're not. The last thing you want to do, you just want to go to sleep. The first, I just. I suppose you're fueling yourself, right, aren't you? Like, throughout the actual event, yeah, you're probably exactly. fueling yourself quite well. If you're doing it properly, you shouldn't be hungry. Yeah, it's not like Ironman and things like that. When you're running, you couldn't physically eat while you were doing what you're doing. But yeah, because it's such a slow, steady pace, um, I'm in a much better position to actually fuel myself for it. So, so when you come off sort of them, what, was your body sort of in rag or did you come off like tired and down, like, like, uh, like yeah, I beat up, but you weren't? Well, no, I wasn't in rag. Um, I probably went into a little bit of a shock. There's a bit of a, a bit of an adrenaline dump um, afterwards, um, which is quite common with most big sports. And my body was um, tight, but it wasn't what I'd, I wasn't in agonizing pain I wasn't hanging out my butt I was just um I went back to the gym did some mobility and um 
one of the things I did do was um, just have my legs up on the wall to try and sort of help the Venus return because just standing for such a long time. And one of the things I do on this one is I actually put my feet up on the, um, if you see the bars, just to put my legs in the air just to help the blood flow because you're standing for such a long time. Um, but no, all I really want to do is just fall asleep in a bath with Epsom salts. Um, the one thing that's affected me with COVID is the float centre I normally go to where they have a, a near-infrared panel, which really helps with recovery, um, and a sauna and um, the, the big salt pods. Um, I've been missing them because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, they do help a lot with recovery, yeah. How long does it take to recover? Do you have, like, serious doms for, like, days after, or is it? No. Um, after the 100K, I was probably a little bit tight for about – a day and then I couldn't really do anything heavy with my elbows like bench pressing or anything for about four or I'm five not, days I don't believe this this is but actually, I do like a 21 9 on the skier because my abs are in bits I like my I'm in I'm in clip for like <laughs> three crazy. days after we, we was we was expecting you to say like you was in absolute state but it sounds like you're like no nah, no nah, if anything you could just kept on going really yeah. but, you, but you didn't have, well, after but you didn't have K, the days uh, booked off work yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I didn't have time couldn't fit another 100k <laughs> No, no, I do have days booked off work because I don't want to be getting into a fight with anyone because my elbows aren't feeling particularly strong So, uh, or, or trying to handle my dog. So I will take three or four days off work. Um, for this one that I'm doing next, I've actually got the week off work afterwards. Um, but I've, I was back in the gym the following day just on the aerosol bike, just doing very gentle, well, as gentle as an aerosol bike can be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> movements, um, and just... I think it's important you, you have to move as quickly as possible because if you don't, as you know, if you just lie still, then everything will seize up and I just need the body to move so the fluid can get going and, and the body can start moving again. I've also mentally I think it's better for you to just to move, even if it's something like going for a gentle walk or something. And just eat and eat and eat, sleep and sleep and sleep. It really offends me how uh, well you cope with all this. Because I did 2K best effort once and it felt like someone had reached into my arsehole. So before we are rudely interrupted by the disconnection, Andy, you were reaching into your arsehole. What happened then? <laughs> yeah, so I, 2K best effort, reached into my arsehole. It felt like someone had reached into my arsehole and pulled my lungs out. I was in bits. Um... That happens on every 2K, 2K row, 2K bike, 2K ski, because it's one disgusting of those... distance. It is. It's one of those distances where it's not short, but it's not long. It's that horrible in between that you need both strength, power and endurance to compete. Yeah. It's one of those rare ones that, yeah. It's if that you, anaerobic even... sweet spot, isn't it? I just yeah, don't... pretty I just much. don't think I could ever go into a gym and be like, right. 17 hours. Let's get my money out of this gym session. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> my playlist would be with yeah. repeat for like three hours. It would, yeah. Uh, no, you it, could just listen to the podcast 17 times. It'd be great. Yeah. It would get it, it, it hurt me because people would leave the gym and then be coming back for their morning session and you'd still be there. That's what really gets me. And they're like, wow, he's keen. With the machine wow, look on at fire. Stupid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the machine on fire, did you say, Tom? Yeah, yeah. the friction. <laughs> oh, dear. I've actually, um, I think um, sound, because it's one of the uh, one of your vital senses, isn't it? And yeah. it's very easy to shut it off, but sometimes I think you need it to come back in again just to get a little sense of reality. And what I've actually done is I've prepped for my last 12 hours um, a motivational speech that's less than 10 minutes long that I can listen to on my break for the last 12 hours just to keep me going 
And I've even calculated one of them is by a very good friend of mine called um, Bobby Maximus. Um, and his one is about eight and a half minutes long. And because he's actually a friend of mine, he did it through a company called Motiversity. Um, I want that playing on my last one. And I've even chosen um, a song that Owen likes for when I finish. So that's all these little things to look forward to. Um, and the great thing is to get to my first goal is actually at 18 hours. By the time I get to 18 hours, I'll have broken the first record. And then when I get to 19, I've effectively broken it again. So it's like a little boost, great isn't it? thing about it. Yeah, every time I do an hour, I've broken the record again and again and again and again and again. Nice. So breaking it down in that way is going to be quite nice as well. So I really want to do everyone justice. Uh, I am a champion. Type in YouTube, I am a champion. That gets me jacked up. I'm like, I could, I, I'm going to conquer the world listening to that speech. Some Americans <laughs> do it. You, you, have to, you have to watch it. I'm just, okay. Have you ever conquered yeah. the world, Andy? Does it, does it work? Have you conquered yeah. the world yet? Yeah. Back off, all right? <laughs> I'm in the process, okay? That's all that helps. I'm I'm on a rest day, okay? Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna we're gonna be a bit cheeky here. We're gonna be a bit cheeky. So Mm -hmm. you are aware that we have a we have a fitness community, don't we, called Train Primal? Yes. The team has that. So we want to ask you if you are willing. This this is obviously a very busy, very busy woman saving the world, taking down bad guys and Mm. skin for four million hours per day. (laughs) <laughs> would you be would you be up for doing a skier tutorial for our community so we can we can share it in our, in our oh, okay just oh, put her absolutely. on the spot there i'm a big fan of that yeah, yeah i just feel it'd be great i think it'd be yeah, great yeah. because i we're me and andy are supposed to be the coaches and we're fucking shit on it um you the reason the reason let's just get some back let's get some context the reason that we're actually communicating with clean in the first place is because we've both posted <laughs> videos of us doing a skier workout on oh, our instagrams yeah. and next thing you know i get a message in my, in my inbox saying it's nothing harsh, but just like, oh, that looks like a really good workout. But I feel like you could do some work on your efficiency on the skier. And I'm like, right. And I look back at the video and I look at her technique and I'm like, yeah, my technique's really, really bad. And then I yeah. see that she's got two world records and I'm like, I'm really, really bad at the skier. She sent me a message then, yeah. saying, she sent me a message direct. She went, I didn't know someone could be that shit. I was I like, oh, not. 100% guys. <laughs> fake, fake news is that, Andy. Fake news. <laughs> Absolutely fake news, but uh, you've, you've helped you've helped both of us actually. I mean, you've helped me out yeah. loads of my skip my technique since just communicating with you a few times has been it's, it's come a long way. Like I feel so, before oh. I'd get so much tricep pain, not tricep like I'd get tricep doms after doing mm-hmm. like, even a short skier session. But now because I don't use my triceps like an idiot, I don't I don't get them at all now. And it, it makes a huge difference. Just a few tweaks in your technique can make a difference. I think having your having a little tutorial for our our members will be you know be very helpful. Yeah. Oh, actually, I'm not saying that my way, just to clarify, there are other ways of doing um, ski eggs. Some people do it in a Nordic style and they do, uh, they're very tricep dominated and that works nah, for them okay. as go, well. Go so firm, your, saying, your yeah, technique you're, you're you're best. Best. Go, go firm. firm. Fuck them lot, fuck <laughs> them lot. <laughs> uh, I'm just using one that works for me and, and, and I think is, is great for anybody can adopt my style and then eventually change it to the other styles that they want well, to do. Well, it's, so. t- it's got you loads of world records. Yeah, it's going to get you three world records by the end of this. So you must be doing something well, right. Hopefully. You know what I mean? All my other ones have been beaten and I'm actually really happy that they have. I love seeing people excel. Like when I um, – well, how it came about originally was um, my PT posted uh, a four-minute sprint uh, and someone contacted him. And I just did it. I had a chest infection at the time, so I didn't do particularly well. I didn't think anyway. And someone 
sent him a message going, oh, you know, out of curiosity, how many metres did your client do? And it was something like, I don't know, 9.52 or something. <clears throat> and he, and they said, um, oh, is she registered with Concept 2? And he said, well, no, why? And he said, oh, she's just broken the world record. You have to make her do it again. I'm like, oh, my God. So then we thought, wow, what else is there? So we got on Concept 2 and I went, oh, oh I'll give that one a go. And then I'll give that one a go. And I just, they nicknamed me Category 5 because I went through it like a hurricane. So I got, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I got the, the four-minute sprint. Then I got the world record for the 6,000 metres, then the half marathon. The marathon I beat by over an hour and then 60 minutes I broke twice. But then I realised very quickly that although I'd broken those records, they weren't, they weren't really my forte because the ski is designed more for people who are much bigger and carry more weight um, from a power output. So I knew they'd get beaten really easily. So I wanted to look for something that a lightweight person could probably excel at. And that's how I kind of got into the ultra endurance. So, yeah. That's awesome. So once you've, once you've done these records, obviously we're going to get, we are going to get you back on after your records and see how, see how you get on. It'll probably be, probably be in the new well, year. We're going to have a little Andy break. Andy has to have a think so. about it, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Pineapple well, and all that. <laughs> well, well, fucking hell. You Andy, know, actually sorry, mate, you've got, Andy, you've got to go, mate. Colleen, you're in. <laughs> Look at Andy's face. <laughs> you guys are bastards. Uh, we will have you back on, but it has to be ten oh, minutes. A- it has to be ten minutes after the record's done. I'd just like, <laughs> ten I'd just like minutes to, after, just to see how you are, just to make you sit there for an hour and really just get stiff. Ha. Okay. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, we can do it so that we have her on within each one of her ten-minute rest periods during the actual record. <gasps> oh, boom! Oh, my yeah. God. So we could be like, so. Kling, it's like hour, you know, 20 now. How are you doing? And all we can hear on the other end is... Uh, <laughs> 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 Actually, I can go noises. one better. Here you go. So here's the challenge then. If lockdown has been removed and gyms are open, then I challenge you, Tom, to come down and be with <gasps> me for the challenge. Oh, yeah. Oh! <laughs> I like this. There you go. You can you can God, do Tom. a live feed. Yeah, because Tom, you're not far at all, are you? No, I'm not. Yeah. We can talk about this. I this feel Tom, very good idea. This. We can. I do feel this. I feel that you could hang on for a few hours, and I think it'd be an awesome thing to do. I tell you what, uh, just in time, I've just received my bivy poles, so you know I could set up shop in the gym. Set me sleeping bag up. Just uh, wait, wait well, up every, every 15 minutes. I do need head. someone to be with me overnight, and there's been no volunteers yet, so there, there you go. There you go. Tom is getting his sleeping bag out. I'm used to sleeping. I'm, no, I'm already packing my day sack. I'm here like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting ready. That's a brilliant idea, though. I'm not going to sound of that, though. Yeah. yeah. Tom, you have to film all that. But you can even get like some recordings just like every now and then. Just get, yeah. try, try, try and get a few words out of a uh, clean if you can. That'd be good. We can, then we can edit yeah. all together. And we can add exactly. it all in. It'd be good. Or there you go. On the ten minute break, you've got to do the ten minutes hard. What? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good idea. Yeah. Tom, you've got to go. You've got to go hard for ten minutes yeah. every time. Yeah. So not Colleen. Do you imagine that? On her break, she's going ten minutes best effort. So for the, thir- for the thirty-six hours, Tom's going to come down, and when you get a ten minute break, he's going to go ten minutes on it. I won't. I won't be helping out by uh, by slightly blowing on the flywheel. <laughs> just, it'll be in the pro position. Pro, crawl up to this. Crawl up to it. Blow. <laughs> and, and I'll hear Clean going. <laughs> and then Clean going. You've done it the wrong way. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're blowing it the wrong way. Yeah, fuck off, Tom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh dear. dear. <laughs> right. Uh, what, anyway, what what what's next? Anyway, clear. Let's get back on track a little bit. What what's next for you after the after these records? Have you got any Have you got any plans going forward? Obviously, we'll talk more about it when you do come back on. But what, have you got anything in your head now? Or? <laughs> uh, funnily enough, I do. <clears throat> oh, here we go. However, <laughs> so what I'm doing now to put it into context is kind of a training session oh, for, for my next sake. one. <laughs> what are you going to um, do now? And. Uh, I'm going to keep it close to my chest only because I think it's only fair that I um, kind of tell my PT <laughs> first. Um, yeah. I'm actually going to arrange for someone to film him when I tell him, um, which will go on on my Instagram um, because it will shock him. Bless his heart. He's so patient. <laughs> Every oh, I'll, I'll say this about him, James McCallion from the Ministry Gym, he... It doesn't matter how harebrained my ideas are. He is always a thousand percent behind me, and I've taken that and made sure that I'm exactly the same as a PT. So no matter what my clients' goals are, I will always back them a thousand percent because it's their damn goals, not mine. And that's the thing I like about him is he hasn't tried to persuade me to to do anything other than what I've wanted to do. And I'm sure you could resonate with that, Tom. Yeah. And there's people who, who come along who have a goal and you see PTs going, oh, well, I really need you to do this. And, and you can just know the client's doing it because they told you not because they actually want to. Yeah. What if that goal is to um, sell Herbalife? They can foxtrot Oscar, that damn stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Terrible. Oh, Terrible. Tom likes it. <laughs> well, well, I don't. That's an awful lie. <laughs> <laughs> You did well to not to bite there, Tom. I was expecting you to. I was expecting you to bite a little bit more there. If you didn't, you held yourself together, which is good. Funny enough, one of my mates at the gym I work at is actually uh, infatuated with um, one of the herbal life women at our gym, and we call we call her his herbal wife. And uh, oh, I like that. The, the only reason why I brought this out is so that I can trim this clip out and send it to him, so he knows that I'm publicly broadcasting to everyone about his herbal wife. Ah, oh, <laughs> fantastic! You got a herbal wife. Oh, yeah. A little jingle. <laughs> a little dirty jingle as well. Yeah. I like it. I like Scrape it. in the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, have we got any more questions? What about if, uh, so me, Bill, Andy, if we was to, if we was to, let's just hypothetically say if we was doing a, a, a skier got endurance challenge, what would we do differently about it? And what does Colleen think about what we're doing differently about it? I mean, uh, let's go with uh, the Fuhrer first, Bill. What would you oh, do fuck differently? Oh, fuck off. Every week now, you sound <laughs> some sort of dictator. Now it's the fury. You're making me more extreme as, it, as we go on. So I've got a specific technique in mind. What do you mean? How you how you do this record? Yeah, I, I would know how to cut out the toilet breaks. Well, then there would be toilet breaks. I just won't need to leave the platform. No, I'd, I'd, do, I'd do it there and then where I am. Yeah, do you know exactly. what? There is There are there are surgical methods, aren't there? So I'd probably get... Um, Jesus I'd Christ. Probably get my, I'd probably get my partner who's a nurse to install... Uh, I think it's called a catheter. Is it a catheter? Yeah, a catheter. Yeah. Basically, I mean, yeah, the little I'll thing, see, your little tube, the tube that see, goes I, down, your, down your dick. I was and, uh, just going to wear a geriatric yeah, nappy, but okay. You go down. <laughs> see, I, <laughs> I've gone full surgical. <laughs> I mean, I've I've got a bit too far. Nappy and Bill's there like, actually, I have thought about this. I've got Jess next to me to implant my catheter. 
<laughs> oh, I was be... just I was just gonna happily just wee myself and oh, he's gonna piss yourself. Yeah, he's gonna yeah. piss himself down there. And so we've gone from the extreme way all the way down to literally just pissing and yourself. You, and you're worried about the splashback from the flywheel? Nah, because it'll be all over my legs. Anyway, I'm not saying like I would stop and get out and start weeing where I am. I would just keep keep pulling and wee. Right. You know what, I, mean? you know as, what? As I, I think out of all of our options here, mine and Andy's are the most normal compared to what Bill suggested, yeah. which is a first. Oh, fuck off. You're supposed to be like the <laughs> normal one. And you, yeah. you're there, so like, oh, guys, what if, what if I was to stick this tube down my urethra? Clean, clean, what are your thoughts? Go on, back up, go on, back me up here. What, what, what do you reckon? Surgical intervention? Abrasive, isn't it? What he's going for. <laughs> well... <laughs> I think what? whatever makes you comfortable. I do know of someone who <laughs> broke a world record and actually stopped to vomit partway through. Oh, I was going to say a world record with like a catheter then, like how far they got it down their pit no. hole or something. I don't know. What's that? Who's no, that? No, where this no. was going? <laughs> Didn't some chick take, like on the marathon, take a huge shit on the side of the road or something? Or take a piss or something? Yes, you, that was yeah, terrible. You could Google a few of those. Oh yeah. yeah. That's dedication, isn't it? I'm a big fan. Oh, no, it's just, it's just, it's just bad, bad planning on this on her food intake, wasn't it? So you shouldn't have needed to go to the toilet on the marathon. Tom, I'm I'm slightly disappointed that you know everyone sort of thinks I've come on here to talk about the ski erg, but the reason I really wanted to come on here is I was really hoping for a conspiracy theory. And you've you've failed to deliver, my friend. You fucking idiot, well, Tom. You've, well, you've, one you've, job. Let, you've let down one. our guest. We've got a fan one. of the podcast who's also a record holder. And you, what, you've, what have you done? She only come on here to speak to you and First you've talked all, about having a poo and a nappy. Yeah. I mean, did you see anyone skiing when you were in your spacecraft going back to the dinosaur age? Because you must have passed the ice age on the way through. Well, there's there's no well, there's no snow in space. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, it's highly dinosaurs weren't in space either. It is it is quite uh, it is it is quite shady to be saying what I to, to call my 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 talks conspiracies because that that alludes to them not being true. However, <laughs> if, we are go- if we are going down this route, I have heard you quite enjoyed um, our talk on unionised dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That was but hilarious. Why, but do, do, do you disagree with uni- unionisation of dinosaurs? No, I just I just think it's hilarious that Bill piped up was what about the ones that eat me? I mean, what a vegan. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> You got equality, equality, clean. You know I mean? If if you somehow got got in control of my time machine and you went back to the prehistoric period and you saw a T Rex committing a crime, you know, like those little, little little arms. How would you handcuff a T Rex? For fuck's sake! Is there like a t- how would you? Because obviously it wouldn't. It'd be different to do it with a human. I mean, I'm assuming you only ever handcuff humans anyway. Do do police handcuff animals? Yeah, handcuff I've only ever handcuffed swan? humans. Um, it's never like a pigeon. I have no idea. I'd need to think about that one. <laughs> so they don't train for that? <laughs> no. Oh my god, I, they're letting you down. Oh, they are. They <laughs> are. I, I need to. I need to speak to our uh, OT <laughs> yeah. department. Yeah, you need to get onto your union about that. <laughs> we don't have a union. The police aren't allowed to have a union. <laughs> the dinosaurs had one. You can have one. <laughs> I suppose you could use those cable ties on the dinosaurs, like. Because obviously they're, but you know, those metal ones ain't ever going to work for a T-Rex. That's just impractical. <laughs> it depends what crime they committed, I suppose, as well. Did they have to be handcuffed? Uh, GBH and grand larcency. <laughs> oh, my God. 
grand larceny, isn't that car theft? <laughs> grand larceny, isn't that like what? Well, I don't think was... Tom knows what it is. I think he just said a word <laughs> and hoped it would no, fit. I know what it is. I saw a bad T-Rex hanging around near my time machine as I went for a piss in my nappy. <laughs> and uh, it looked like he was about to commit grand larceny. He was on up my hubcaps. I think we'll wrap it up there, guys, because Tom is just spiralling out of control <laughs> at a rapid rate of knots. Right. We'll, we'll leave it there then. Oh. Clean. We wish you the best of luck for your world record. Hopefully oh, Tom will be there. Thank you very much. Hopefully yeah. Tom will be there. I, I, I'll be very disappointed if he's not. So when was the other 12th, 13th? 12th and 13th, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I'll be definitely looking out and sharing that on my Instagram because that is an achievement in itself. Just, yeah, just, that's be just attempting it, just to be able to say that you've you've attempted some of that is a massive achievement. And to to be to see that happen is definitely something that, that the rest of the world should see as well. That is oh, insane. Thank you very much. Check out the show notes below because we will link all the details to this record and the charity as well. So you can please, please get stuck in. We obviously know it's hard at the moment with uh, COVID and such, but even a pound, you know, yeah. help, you know just don't be a Scrooge. Don't be a Scrooge. Yeah. <laughs> we, we all do have to donate now. So if we don't donate, yeah, yeah. I'm sure Clean will call us out on it. But uh... <laughs> I mean, one thing I want to uh, say listen, is um, it's, yeah. it's quite um, often I, I, I kind of talk about like the, the ones of like what the human body is capable of. And this is, it is awesome to talk to someone that's actually demonstrating how resilient the body is, what we're capable of as humans as well. I mean, both those world records, just completely incredible, you know, and it is motivating as well. And I hope it does kind of motivate our followers as well to know that, you know, from someone that went to, like, was never interested in, like, weights and kind of like fitness in general, to suddenly like smashing two world records to what physically makes me feel sick, thinking about 17 hours on a ski erg, you know, absolutely incredible, honestly. We can't play oh, that thank you very much. It means a lot coming from you guys. No, th- thank really you, for, thank you for joining us and sharing your story. It's been, uh, oh. been very, uh, I'd say, inspirational, really. I'd, I'd, thank, oh, thank you, thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you very and much. We'll be back. We'll be back next week. Not of clean, just us three. I don't, well, I don't even know what we're talking about next week. Have we, have we decided yet? Uh, how to handcuff dinosaurs? Uh, oh, sounds good to me. With a proper technique, <laughs> by the sound of things. <laughs> sounds brilliant. Pleasure as always. I'll see you next week. See you later, guys. Bye. As always, thanks for listening. Right. If you want to make sure Tom bothers his ass and gets down to Surrey to be there with Colleen and her record attempts, absolutely bombard him with messages. His Instagram's down in the show notes below, so get messaging. Another big thank you to Colleen for joining us and sharing her story. She's doing some really incredible work. We'll have her Instagram down in the show notes. If you want to get in touch for her and pick her brain some more on the ski egg, then uh, go ahead. We'll also have a link to her donation page. She's not asking for much and is and she's doing so much. So please, if you are able, donate a few quid and show your support to what can only be described as three horrendous records. From all of us, good luck. We will see you next week, same time, same place, for a brand new episode. See you soon.